You're listening to the Holy Bible One Year Challenge with master storyteller Michael Wood, featuring the easy-to-read version and used by permission from Bible Week International. Enjoy the show! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Day 34. We're continuing in the book of Job, and we see Job give one big final argument for his innocence, and we see how he conducts himself, the things he does and the things he does not do. And as we remember at the beginning of Job, God actually approved of Job. Of course, Job does not know this, but we can hear all of his actions and know that the Lord would probably be pleased if we followed Job's example. We're also continuing in the book of Matthew, and it gets real theological here as different groups of religious leaders tried to challenge and trick Jesus with legalistic questions. One of the questions has to do with paying taxes. And the dilemma is that if Jesus says we should pay taxes, then that's denying God's sovereignty, basically bowing down to the man. But if he says we should not pay taxes, Jesus instantly becomes an enemy of Rome, which is an arrestable offense. But somehow, Jesus comes out on top and explains the dual citizenship that Christians have. And then another question is in regards to marriage in heaven. And it's really a big, silly theoretical question. But Jesus knows that the group of people asking it, the Sadducees in this specific situation, that they only believe in the first five books of the Bible. So truly, they do not know the scriptures. And because the Sadducees don't believe in the supernatural, they don't understand God's power either. And Jesus uses this against them to show the foolishness of their questions. And at the same time, gives us insight into the afterlife. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you enjoy the show, visit me at patreon.com forward slash storymaster. You'll find the link in the description box below. By contributing as little as $1 per month, you will enable me to continue this ministry. And you'll get cool rewards too. Together, we're going to get through the Bible in one year. Let's get started. Job chapter 30. Job continued to speak. But now, men younger than I make fun of me. Their fathers are so worthless. I wouldn't let them stay with my sheepdogs. Their fathers are still too weak to be of any use to me. All their strength has gone. They are starving with nothing to eat, so they chew on the dry, ruined land. They pulled up salt plants in the desert and eat the roots from the broom tree. They are forced away from other people who shout at them as if they were thieves. They must live in the dry riverbeds, hillside caves, and holes in the ground. They howl in the bushes and huddle together under thorn bushes. They are a bunch of worthless people without names who are forced to leave their country. Now their sons sing songs to make fun of me. My name has become a bad word to them. They hate me and stay far away from me, except when they come to spit in my face. God has taken the string from my bow and made me weak so they feel free to do whatever they want to me. They attack me on my right side, 
They knock my feet out from under me. They build ramps to attack and destroy me like a city. They guard the road so that I cannot escape. They succeed in destroying me without help from anyone. They break a hole in the wall and come rushing through it. And the crashing rocks fall on me. I am shaking with fear. They chased my honor away like dust in the wind. My safety disappears like a cloud. Now my life is almost over and soon I will die. Days of suffering have grabbed me. All my bones ache at night. Pain never stops chewing on me. God grabbed the collar of my coat and twisted my clothes out of shape. He threw me into the mud and I became like dust and ashes. God, I cry out to you for help, but you don't answer. I stand here before you, but you pay no attention to me. You have become cruel to me. You use your power to hurt me. You let the strong wind blow me away. You throw me around in the storm. I know you will lead me to my death, to that place where all the living must go. Surely no one would attack a man who is already ruined when he is hurt and crying for help. You know that I cried for people in trouble. You know that I mourned for the poor. But when I hoped for good, trouble came instead. When I looked for light, darkness came. I always feel upset and my suffering has only just begun. I am always depressed without any relief. I stand in the public meeting and cry for help. The sad sounds that come from my mouth are like the cries of wild dogs or ostriches. My skin is burnt and peeling away. My body is hot with fever. My harp is tuned to play songs of sorrow. My flute makes sad sounds like someone crying. Job 31. I made an agreement with my eyes not to look at a girl with desire on my mind. What does God above have for us? What does God all-powerful send from heaven to repay us? He sends trouble to the wicked and disaster to those who do wrong. God is the one who knows what I do and sees every step I take. I have not lied to anyone. I never tried to cheat people. If God would use accurate scales, he would know that I am innocent. If I ever stepped off the right path, have my eyes led my heart to do evil, or if my hands are dirty with sin, then let others eat what I planted. Let my crops be pulled up by the roots. If I have desired another woman, or waited at my neighbor's door to sin with his wife, then let my wife serve someone else, and let other men have sex with her. To do such a thing would be shameful, a sin that must be punished. Such sin is like a fire that burns until it destroys everything. It would completely ruin my life's work. If I refused to be fair to my slaves, 
when they had a complaint against me? Then what will I do when I must face God? What will I say when he asks me to explain what I did? The one who made me in my mother's womb also made them. God shaped us all inside our mothers. I have never refused to help the poor. I always gave widows what they needed. I have never been selfish with my food, and I have shared what I had with orphans. All my life I have been like a father to orphans and have taken care of widows. Whenever I found people suffering because they didn't have clothes or saw a poor man with no coat, I always gave them something to wear. I used the wool from my own sheep to make them warm, and they thanked me with all their heart. I never threatened an orphan, even when I knew I had support in court. If I have ever done that, may my arm be pulled from its socket and fall from my shoulder. But I didn't do any of these bad things. I fear God's punishment too much. His majesty scares me. I have never trusted in riches. I never said, even to pure gold, you are my hope. I have been wealthy, but that didn't make me proud. I earned a lot of money, but that is not what made me happy. I have never worshipped the bright sun or the beautiful moon. I was never foolish enough to worship the sun and the moon. This is also a sin that must be punished. If I had worshipped them, I would have been unfaithful to God all-powerful. I have never been happy when my enemies were destroyed. I have never laughed at my enemies when bad things happened to them. I have never let my mouth sin by cursing my enemies and wishing for them to die. But people in my house know that I have never let anyone go hungry. I always invited strangers into my home so that they would not have to sleep in the streets. I have not tried to hide my sins as some people do. I have never hidden my guilt. I was never so afraid of what people might say or of making enemies that I kept my sin secret and avoided going out. How I wish someone would listen to me. I will sign my name to all I have said. Now, let God all-powerful answer me. Let him make a list of what he thinks I did wrong. I would wear it around my neck. I would put it on my head like a crown. Then I could explain everything I have done. I could come to God with my head held high like a prince. I did not use my land in the wrong way. I never caused it to suffer. I always paid the workers for the food I got from the land. I never let any of them starve. If I ever did any of these bad things, let thorns and weeds grow in my fields instead of wheat and barley. Job's words are finished. Job 32. Elihu adds to the argument. Then Job's three friends gave up trying to answer him because he was so sure that he was innocent. 
but there was a young man there named Elihu, son of Barakal. He was a descendant of a man named Buzz. Elihu was from the family of Ram. He became very angry because Job kept saying he was innocent. He was right, and God was wrong. Elihu was also angry with Job's three friends because they could not answer him, and yet they still considered him guilty of doing wrong. Elihu was the youngest one there, so he had waited until everyone finished talking. But when he saw that Job's three friends had nothing more to say, his anger forced him to speak. So here's what Elihu, son of Barakal the Buzzite, said. I am only a young man, and you are all older. That's why I was afraid to tell you what I think. I thought to myself, older people should speak first. They have lived many years, so they have learned many things. But it is the spirit in people, the breath from God all-powerful, that makes them understand. Old men are not the only wise people. They are not the only ones who understand what is right. So please, listen to me, and I will tell you what I think. I waited patiently while you men talked and listened to the answers you gave as you searched for the right words. I listened carefully to what you said. Not one of you proved Job wrong. Not one of you answered his arguments. You men cannot say that you have found wisdom. The answer to Job's arguments must come from God, not people. Job was arguing with you, me. So I will not use your arguments to answer him. Job, these men lost the argument. They don't have anything more to say. They don't have any more answers. I waited for them to answer you, but now they are quiet. They stand there with nothing more to say. So now I will give you my answer. Yes, I will tell you what I think. I have so much to say that I cannot hold it in. I feel like a wineskin without an opening, like a new wineskin ready to burst. I must speak so that I will feel better. I must answer your arguments. I will treat you the same as I would treat anyone else. I will not praise you to win your favor. I cannot treat one person better than another. If I did, God, my maker, would punish me. Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 to 46. Jesus replies to a trick question. Then the Pharisees left the place where Jesus was teaching. They made plans to catch him, saying something they could use against him. They sent to Jesus some of their own followers, and some from the group called Herodians. And they said, Teacher, we know you are an honest man. We know you always teach the truth about God's way. It doesn't matter to you who is listening. You don't worry about what others might say. So, tell us what you think. Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus knew that these men were trying to trick him. So he said, You hypocrites! Why are you trying to catch me saying something wrong? Show me a coin used for paying the tax. They showed Jesus a silver coin, and then he asked, Whose picture is on the coin, and whose name is written on the coin? They answered, It is Caesar's picture and Caesar's name. 
Then Jesus said to them, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. When they heard what Jesus said, they were amazed. They left him and went away. Some Sadducees tried to trick Jesus. That same day, some Sadducees came to Jesus. Sadducees believe that no one will rise from death. The Sadducees asked Jesus a question. They said, Teacher, Moses told us that if a married man dies and had no children, his brother must marry the woman. Then they will have children for the dead brother. There were seven brothers among us. The first brother married but died. He had no children. So his brother married the woman. Then the second brother also died. The same thing happened to the third brother and all the other brothers. The woman was the last to die, but all seven men had married her. So, when people rise from death, whose wife will she be? Jesus answered, You are so wrong. You don't know what the scriptures say, and you don't know anything about God's power. At the time when people rise from death, there will be no marriage. People will not be married to each other. Everyone will be like the angels in heaven. Surely you have read what God said to you about people rising from death. God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is the God only of people who are living. So these men were not really dead. When the people heard this, they were amazed at Jesus' teaching. Which command is the most important? The Pharisees learned that Jesus had made the Sadducees look so foolish that they stopped trying to argue with them. So the Pharisees had a meeting. Then one of them, an expert in the law of Moses, came and asked Jesus a question to test him. He said, Teacher, what command in the law is the most important? Jesus answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and most important command, and the second command is like the first. Love your neighbor the same as you love yourself. All of the law and the writings of the prophets take their meaning from these two commands. Is the Messiah David's son? So while the Pharisees were together, Jesus asked them a question. He said, What do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? The Pharisees answered, He is the son of David. Jesus said to them, then why did David call him Lord? David was speaking by the power of the Spirit. He said, The Lord God said to my Lord, Sit by me at my right side, and I will put your enemies under your control. Here, David himself calls the Messiah Lord. So how can he be David's son? None of the Pharisees can answer Jesus' question. And after that day, 
no one was brave enough to ask him any more questions. Psalm chapter 18, verses 16 to 24. He reached down from above and grabbed me. He pulled me from the deep water. He saved me from my powerful enemies who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me in my time of trouble, but the Lord was there to support me. He was pleased with me, so he rescued me. He took me to a safe place. The Lord rewarded me for doing what is right. He was good to me because I am innocent. The Lord did this because I have obeyed him. I have not turned against my God. I have remembered all his laws and never rejected his rules. He knows I did nothing that was wrong. I have kept myself from sinning. So the Lord rewarded me for doing what is right. He could see that I am innocent. Thank you everyone, that was day 34. Join us for day 35. We finally get to hear the argument from the young man named Elihu to Job. And you'd be surprised. Elihu has quite a lot to say. And in the book of Matthew, Jesus goes on a counterattack and lays out all the leaders and teachers of the law, and thereby escalating the situation because the Pharisees do not like to be embarrassed in public. We hope you enjoyed today's verses. Be sure to leave us a positive review and to share this podcast with your friends and family. Please join us for the next episode as we experience the Bible in one year. Did you know we offer online courses in creative writing, literature, and web design? Visit us at storymaster.online to learn more.